You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Stephen was already on the schedule for today, right? Woo! God is so good, right? But I wanted to introduce him instead of just, sometimes he just comes up here and speaks, but I want to introduce him because I love Stephen so much, and he knows it, but I want to say it before the people that he is a son, and he means so much to me, and he means so much to Chris. And, I mean, there just aren't words to express or even, you know, to express our gratitude for everything that you do. And you don't know what Stephen does behind the scenes, but, I mean, he's the first one here in the morning. We're talking 5. You know, we're not talking 7, 8, 30. You know, we're talking 5 in the morning. He gets here. He sets up, leads worship, and preaches. I mean, come on, that's a long day, and um, he's just been so faithful, and I can kind of tell you, I mean, we met Stephen, like, I think six years ago, we went to a Sozo conference, to a little Sozo thing, and yep, and he led worship both nights at that conference, one night on a keyboard by himself, and then one night on the guitar by himself, by himself, and drove it, and we were like, we got to get, we got to get to know this guy, he is so good, he can do anything, and God just connected us, and he has been with us ever since. He's close friends with my kids. And should I say, okay, he's dating my daughter-in-law's sister. <laughs> We're just keeping it all in the family. So now it's like, a, I mean, this could be officially, son. I mean, it could be official. So, you know, keeping it all in the family. But I really just wanted y'all to take a moment today to really honor Stephen because he does give to this body and to you guys and just I just want to honor you so if y'all please just stand up and honor him and thank him for everything he does that's probably the best intro I've gotten so far in the six years I've been a part of this church and that's good Oh man, I don't feel I don't feel like I've been taken for granted today. How's everybody doing this morning? Are we are we awake? Have we, have we survived the rainy weather? We doing good? You're cold. I'm cold too. <clears throat> I um I want to submit something to everyone this morning. I don't I don't want to start off start off super serious, but I do want to before I forget because uh, I am very forgetful. If you know me, I just I've. I missed Michael's text messages three days later, not because I don't want to talk to him, just because I forgot that he even texted me in general. So let me get it off of my brain and submit it to you before I do forget. I, um, I, I want to talk about something this morning that I don't talk about a lot publicly, but I want to talk about intimacy with God today. And I, it makes a lot of people, even in our culture, I feel like we have a culture where we value worship. We value the presence of God, especially in this house, amen. Um, no matter what's going on in any season of this church, we have always prioritized the presence of God, and that is the way that it should be, first and foremost. I've preached on it many times. Church is about God before it is about anything else, and this house has proven that day in and day out. I've watched this this group of staff, these group of leaders, and you, everyone that shows up and volunteers, their time, their money, their effort, go through personal trials and still show up and be faithful. That is rare, especially in the city and the culture and the region that we live in. I want to tell you right now that what we have here, although it is small 
and we are still very young, it is a rare find. And for the people that have shown up here because they've really lost touch with uh, churches and communities in this city that really value what we do on a weekly basis, this is the most important thing that we could ever do. When we show up to worship and minister to God's heart, that is the primary goal of church. It's not community. I love community. We are a community-driven church. We love family. We believe that kingdom family, as a matter of fact, how many believe that that, that kingdom family, it's not just blood that, that ties us together, but it's Jesus' blood that's made us family now. And by that, that is the way we live and define community in the context in which we meet here. Amen? And it's a beautiful expression. God has designed it this way so that we have uh, this safeguard against loneliness in, in the faith that we have, right? And so this morning, I want to add a little bit of depth to what we do, how we function, not just in this room, but when we leave and go home and when we go to work, when we travel, when we spend time with our family, very much the most important thing that we do outside of here, first and foremost, ministry to God and ministry to family. How many believe that in here? That before I can be a priest on this stage before God, that I have to be a priest before my family in the living room. Amen? And so that begins and cannot happen without true intimacy with God, which is what I want to talk about this morning. Amen? And so I want to just be honest with you. I, the past three times that I've preached, including this one, I have not gotten the full understanding of what I want to preach until the day of. <laughs> and so I am a little bit nervous, um, and it, I know it makes Terry nervous because every time she's asked me the day before on Saturday, I'm like, I don't know yet. I don't, we'll find out tomorrow. Um, but I, I woke up really early, I'm 3 to 4.30 to the Lord, and said, I need you to show me what you want to do. And as I'm literally getting out of the bed, I saw the Lord almost just as plain as my laptop in front of me, lay out a sheet of paper with a blueprint on it, just a, a blank template, okay? And so this blank template had distinct sections in it, and this is how I, I prepped this message today and yesterday, but I want you to know that this is a corporate thing I believe the Lord is releasing to you as I speak this to you today, okay? So I want you to keep this visual in your mind so that as this message comes and as the Lord speaks to you through it, you have a visual uh, representation of what the Lord wants to do with you today. Okay, does that sound good? Okay. So I saw the Lord lay out a blueprint with three blank templates in it. And so I believe this morning that there is an invitation for what you have experienced with God privately to become a corporate thing. Okay, I know that doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'm going to add some context to that. While I was seeing the Lord make this blueprint today, I saw him take seeds of personal history and relationship that nobody else has ever seen with me, which is very personal. I value my private time with the Lord, as, as should any believer, that, that the secrets that we make with God are the most valuable things that we have with him and from him. Amen? It's the thing that doesn't get shared. If, you, if you're married, uh, I'm, I'm getting closer and closer every day to get married. I'm so excited to get married. But husbands and wives the most valuable thing that you have is your intimacy. It is what builds and strengthens your relationship. It's what brings context to your relationship. And I know a single man up here talking about relationship may not feel as powerful to you, but I'm telling you that through intimacy with God, he's enabled us to have something more valuable than any currency, than any material that we could have. 
Uh, and I feel like that in, when he laid this template out this morning, there was an invitation for me to share snippets and bits of my, of my personal history with him so that it might be a corporate uh, activation, so to speak, that the things that he has done in me the past 15 years of my life might be something that, that, that could be made available to you this morning. Does that make sense? Does that sound good? Good. So let's do this real quick before we move on. I want to do a quick activation now just so that we receive it together. I want us to pray into it at the end so that this really sinks in. Is that okay? Let's do this. Hold your hands out in front of you. I want you to close your eyes this morning. And we're going to take the next minute to a minute and a half, and I want us to pray together. I want you to ask the Lord to give you a visual representation. If you're not visual, ask him to, to speak to you now as he, as he clearly does always. So Holy Spirit, right now, I thank you that you're always speaking. I thank you that you're in this room, and I thank you that you have made a way for each and every individual in this room this morning. So right now, I pray that the God who sees would come and reveal what needs to be seen this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray for a, a divine blueprint, not for ministry, not for a program, not for a service plan, not for a business plan, not for a calendar, but I pray that you would release divine appointment this morning, that you would release revelation, that you would release identity this morning, and that you would mix it all together with their personal history, with our personal history with you. God, only you can take the private thing and make it a corporate one. And we thank you that this family is the place that you have found safe for us to do that today. And so we recognize that and we bless it. I ask that you would open up the mind and the heart of every believer in here to see and hear clearly today as we speak and as we discover more about your nature and our place in you this morning. And before we end, I want you to just begin to, to ask the Lord to show you this morning how he wants to speak. So Holy Spirit, come right now and reveal. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for revelation this morning. We love you, Jesus. We just declare right now that everything that we do in this room is about you. Before it's about family, before it is about community, before it's about worship or prayer or any one thing that we can become attached or obsessed with, it is about you. And we thank you for that. You are enough, Jesus. In your name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. Just to check in, did anyone feel like they, they saw a pretty clear picture or felt a sense of what God wanted to speak to them today? Just to, just to raise a hand if, if you were hearing and seeing. And, this, and we'll do an activation later because I want us to be able to open up our minds and hearts today moving forward so that we can allow the Lord to speak into this area. I believe that there is a, a, a sort of an opening but a deepening of intimacy uh, for, for us corporately today. If you had issues seeing or hearing, just if, if you feel brave enough to be honest, if you could raise your hands if you didn't hear or see anything specific, good. Cool. We'll, we'll pray for that later on. I, I believe that 
God is good enough that when we ask for later on, uh, he would be glad to give it, especially when it means knowing him more. Amen. So we'll, we'll tackle that later on. I'd, I'd love to do that. We'll invite the ministry team up to uh, allow people to come up for prayer. I, um, I want to talk about intimacy, but I want to talk about true intimacy more than anything. I feel like in our culture and in the culture of the day, intimacy is such a perverted and a distorted concept, uh, especially with some of my generation, this younger generation behind me, and the one that the generation that we're raising up right now, between TikTok and Instagram and all of these other online influences, nothing is private. Nothing is sacred. Everything is permissible. And so I want to sort of address it a little bit today without addressing the issue. I want to bring us back to a place of understanding how to connect with the Lord. Um, but also give some biblical context to how and why today. Does that sound okay? Let's do this then. Let's go to, um, I want to read first to, from Matthew 6, verse 5, all the way through 15. Um, if you want to open there, take your time. I, I want to um, break this down into a few sections, if that's okay. And I, and I hope this isn't boring. How many love to read scripture in this room? I feel like that's one of the things that I have missed the most in my childhood growing up in church and I have appreciated as a pastor and a speaker is that I get to help deliver what I know my generation has longed for is real biblical context and diving into scripture and understanding it, not just reading it and memorizing, which is what I grew up in, but really truly understanding it, which leads to knowing him more, right? So I want to, if, if you get a little bored and checked out, too bad. <laughs> We're going to read some Bible this morning, okay? All right. First and foremost, number one, true intimacy. I'm going to break this down into a good three-point sermon for you so that you remember some of this, okay? I love me a good three-point sermon. All right, number one, I want to talk about true intimacy begins in secret. That should be an obvious one, but it is not for many believers, okay? So just a little bit of context before we dive into Matthew 6, because Matthew 6 is one of my favorite, favorite verses in the Bible, and you'll recognize it immediately when we get to a certain point, okay? But with intimacy beginning in secret, that means that we have to go and seek him in that place, right? Uh, just a, a couple places that, uh, in the Gospels that Jesus modeled this well. Number one, Luke 6, verse 12, Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray, and continued all night in prayer to God. Uh, this is also Mark 1, verse 35. Uh, it says, early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And so we have this model that, that Jesus himself, still being God, displays to uh, almost passively, not even intentionally trying to show off something, but trying to become something so that the apostles or the disciples at the time could have a model of how they are supposed to behave, right? That it's not about synagogues and it's not about uh, the garment and it's not about the offering, but it's actually about the, the value that God places on intimacy with us. And Jesus shows that going away into secret where nobody else is watching or listening, nobody else can judge what I'm doing, nobody can add value to it, right? That's a lot of the pressure that we put on ourselves is that when it comes to performance mentality, we talk about that a lot, especially in charismatic culture, that it becomes about performance, 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 especially worship, especially prayer, right? Because the better I can pray, the better I can sing, the better I can play my instrument, the closer I am with God. That's not true, right? And so 
God adds this mechanic. I hate to, to make it so practical, but he adds this mechanic to walking with him in relationship that requires us to pull back from the public view, from the unseen realm, into a place where it's just me and God in my bedroom and nobody else. And that's the place where he defines my walk with him. It defines how people receive me. It actually defines who I am as a person and as a believer, right? Each one of us are different in this room. We know that, right? Not just because of our DNA, not just because of our personality, but because you and I, every person in this room, that would be Sean, that would be everybody, Michael, Clint, every person in this room has a unique marker that God has given every one of you in the secret place with him. Do you believe that this morning? And then what happens as a result is that we're formed by him in that place. We leave and go out and do life, whether it's grocery shopping or where we work or where our kids go to school. And then the world around us is transformed by that unique identifier that God has placed in each and every one of us. Does that make sense? And so you and I, number one, are made in God's image. We believe that. Amen. We all on the same page on that? Good. I hope so. That's in the Bible. Okay. Let's make sure we're good with that. Each and every one of us are made in his image. There is a vast array of personalities within God, right? We know that the angels and the elders have been circling the throne for eternity. They have not found an end to him. As a matter of fact, every time they see a new attribute about him, something unique that they've never seen before, all the angels cry, holy, 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 and the elders cast their crowns down, right? This is the revelation scripture that we know. And I'm going to talk about this later on too, right? But the... Uh, we have to understand that when we leave the secret place, going to it is one thing. Listening to YouTube videos of worship is great. If that's something that connects you with the Lord in that place, then amen. Whatever you can do to connect with God. But I want to challenge us in this this morning that it's not so much about what I do in that place as, as it is about what he says and does to me in that place. Does that make sense? I, I love listening to worship videos and reading the Bible and reading scripture and that, but more impactful than that is what he is speaking to me and placing in me. Amen? We, are we tracking with this this morning? And so I want to challenge us, and this, these are all going to be challenges. I, this isn't going to be a fluff piece for us this morning to make us feel good and walk out feeling, oh, I had a great, great time at church this morning. This is an activation message, right? Because this is going to require us to look deep within and do a deep internal personal work when we get home tonight. That the next time we go into the secret place with God, something is going to change. Amen? All right, let's read. Uh, I know I, I asked for it to be at Matthew 6. I want to read this real quick. And I, I already unpacked a lot of this. Forgive me, I'm, I'm getting the, a, a little bit ahead of myself. This, this is something that I love and value. I've, I've spent most of my life from 10 to 12 years old learning this and more recently in the past decade modeling it. It is the most transformative revelation I've had more so than... Uh, anything about my identity or my identity as a worshiper, but my identity as a son and understanding that he values me for me and not for my gifting or anointing, which comes from him anyway. And so I I love this and I want us to get this morning. Okay, let's read this together. Uh, Matthew 6, verse 5. Here we go. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, 
for they will love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, man, that's a stern word from Jesus, man, and they have received their reward in full, man. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they will think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. We'll, we'll, we'll just leave that up there, Jerry. We're going to go to that in a minute. I want to I break this down. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they will be heard because of their many words. This is the model that we have for intimacy with God and discovering our identity in him and who he is to us, right? This is the Lord saying there is a way that is countercultural. It's not just non-religious or counter-religious, but it's countercultural to the day that they lived in. This was commonplace. Religion, unlike today, unfortunately, it was more commonplace in that the synagogue was a central fixture of the city and community that people lived in. And so for, for this to be the opposite of, of what God's kingdom is looking like, he's saying, actually, this isn't about a platform or a stage or people saying, yep, that was a good prayer. You did good this week. You're, it looks like, you know, you're, you're well, not, no, obviously not salvation, but, uh, you know, check your box, come back next week, do it again. The, the whole paradigm is now being turned upside down. And it's not about what, you're saying or doing well anymore, but it's now about what God sees in private, which no man can define, no man can discredit, and no man can take it away. We tracking this morning? Let's look at uh, verse nine. I know you'll recognize it. You probably saw it. Then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We know this is, this is the Lord's prayer, which we later call the disciples' prayer, right? After the Lord ascends to heaven, this is the prayer that the apostles later on pray and, and model and teach others as they are discipling, right? And so we love talking about this prayer, especially in a corporate context, this is, this is the prayer that the Lord gives the disciples when he's talking about true intimacy with God. You catch that? This is immediately following Jesus talking about going to secret, and then he defines what prayer should look like in that place. That it's not about me praying about my needs or praying about my issues. Jesus turns the page and says, actually, it's about you praying for what God's will is. And as we begin to pray from that place in secret, God takes what is prayed for in secret and begins to make it a corporate thing, a local city thing, a regional thing, right? The very first thing he begins to pray is your kingdom come, your will be done. 
How many know that if we begin to pray that in private, rather than praying for, oh, pitiful me and my needs and how much I'm in lack, but begin to declare the truth of who God is for us and begin to pray into needs outside of our own, that's where true authority and power comes from the secret place. Is this okay this morning? Okay. Point number two. Number one was true intimacy begins in secret. Number two, true intimacy releases identity. Let's turn to uh, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. When you're there, say, I'm there. I'm there. All right, I want to read uh, 1 through 10 to just all the way through, and then we're going to break it down and talk about it, okay? Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, here we go. This is titled, By Grace Through Faith. How many times have you heard that in church? My goodness. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins, in sins which, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. How many know that he is no longer king of the earth? He is now just demoted to a prince of the power of the air, Right? Do we, do we believe that this morning? Just We're talking about the enemy and that Jesus is now king of all the earth. Amen? This is, this is great context for us because uh, he is no longer ruling in authority in the earth. Amen? You and I are with him, co-heirs in Christ. Come on, somebody. In which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Here we go. Here's the redemption part. You ready? But God, but God, somebody say, but God, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your doing, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no man may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I want uh, Two things I want to talk about here. Number one, verse 8 says this. This is the part that actually wanted me to tie this together with this message today. Verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. First part, we talked about intimacy in the secret place. It is for no man to see, right? So that no one else may take credit. Ephesians 2 is saying the same thing. Do you catch that? For by grace you've been saved, and this is the gospel. I know that we all know this, but I want to connect these two things this morning so that we understand not just our purpose in the secret place, but our identity in that as well in intimacy, okay? For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So that no one may boast is the context here. Do you catch that? This 
whole entire message of the gospel is wrapped up in nothing being accomplished on my own without him. I can take no credit for it. No man can say, oh, you did such a good job in worship. And I know that we say that a lot. And I say, always say, thank you so much. I appreciate that. But this, everything up here is a culmination of our secret place, our, our intimacy with God. This is overflow. Does that make sense to anybody this morning? I want to read back over this real quick. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. This is verse 5. Made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Say amen. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly, heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Say in Christ Jesus. How many believe in this room, and this might be a very controversial topic, that we are not angel, angels nor are we elders? Can we all agree with that? That we are not seated around the throne of God. Can we, can we all agree that that is scripturally founded? We are seated with who? Christ Jesus. Which means that we have a different position which comes with different authority. Do we believe that this morning? If we are seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places, then that means that we have a different level of intimacy, not just authority, that we talk about seated seats and, and thrones being about authority a lot in the kingdom, and that's still true, that hasn't changed. But he is displaying here a new level of intimacy with him in that I am in him, he is in me. That's the gospel at work, right? This is what Jesus accomplished on the cross, not just getting rid of all of my sin and the issue of sin, but he's placed his spirit inside of me, not just on the earth. There is a spiritual reality in which I am in him as well, in, in heaven, at the right hand of the Father. Do we know that this morning? And so now we have something else that's unique to all of creation. No animal, no creature, no angel, no elder, no anything in existence can operate the way that we do. And so we have this positional authority that comes and brings us a new level of intimacy. It's not just about ruling and reigning. And I, I believe that we have all authority that he's given us on the earth to, to begin to pray. This isn't about taking dominion or taking power, putting our need to anyone and saying, you, you belong to me now. That's not our design. Our design is to hear what he says in secret, right? This is, you're going to catch the flow here in a minute. But we go into the secret place. Imagine I go home and I go into my bedroom alone and I begin to pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. Not that we pray this every time, but this is the model. Lord, what are you praying? Let's break this down. What are you praying that I can partner with and agree with? Remember, prayer and worship are both about what? Agreement. Say that worship is about, prayer is about agreement. And so anytime we worship, we're agreeing with who God is, anytime that we pray, we're agreeing with what God says. Does that make sense? And so now we go from secret place, I'm receiving what God is saying, I'm getting what I'm supposed to pray, and then step two, I have my identity as a son or a daughter. How many believe we're sons and daughters in the house? Come on. As a son or a daughter, Christ in me, I'm in him, he is in me, seated in heavenly places with him. Now I have authority to pray, and now when I pray, something has to change. You get that this morning? 
man, we're really quiet. This is really good news for us. Do you know why? That means that we're no longer powerless when things are out of our control. Our means of control, if you want to call it that, is prayer. Whenever we want to affect change in the earth, whenever our families are broken, whenever relationships are broken, whenever finances don't line up, whenever there is anything unexpected, we don't have to take control by our own means. We have this thing called sonship that he has given us through the cross that now when I pray, not only does he hear me, but he gives me something to pray in agreement with him so that I pray rightly with him according to the covenant that we're in. I can pray a dead old covenant prayer all day long, but unless I'm praying what he's praying, it matters none. And Jesus shows us this model. Our Father who art in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's not just a prayer to pray. That is an invitation to hear and see like God so that we can begin to pray like God. Does that sound good this morning? We're gonna do one more. This is gonna be short, and I want us to do an activation. How many, how many feel like they're receiving? I know this is a, a little bit more uh, not fun as other messages, because this is going to challenge us this morning, but I want us as a body to really walk in this and receive what the Lord is doing this morning so that we can not just hear God, but, get, but begin to pray like God and know him in a deeper way, amen? So number one, was true intimacy begins in secret. Number two, true intimacy releases what? Identity. Number three, last one, true intimacy sets us apart. Jerry, could you pull up Acts 13? There we go. True intimacy sets us apart. What does that mean? Acts 13, this is, this is a glimpse into what's happening in the early church. This is actually in Antioch. How many know what Antioch is? Uh, Jesus ascends and then years later, the, the church of Antioch is planted and formed. Fun fact, I love the church of Antioch. Uh, if you've heard any of my mes messages about ministering the Lord, uh, the, the church of Antioch was founded because there was a man and a family and a group of people who were ministering to God and didn't even know it. And that right there was the foundation of uh, the church at Antioch. It wasn't uh, we need God's presence. It wasn't we need, to, we need to evangelize. It was they found a family at home doing the mundane, but doing it unto the Lord. And they said, this is the foundation where not only the Jews, but the Gentiles are now invited into this. This is the context for all of church and what we are now uh, called to, to live like as far as the local church is concerned. Uh, we're called to minister to God first and foremost. Amen. And so just for some context of what's happening in Acts 13, because I don't want to unpack all of it, I want to focus on this. Acts 13, 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, and some uh, translations say while they were worshiping and fasting and praying, but while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. The Holy Spirit said, in response to their worship and their prayer, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. True intimacy sets us apart. 
when, when we cultivate a real lifestyle of hiddenness in him, it not only releases identity, and this is, this is the, the path that I want to set you on this morning, that it's not just about going into my bedroom, into my secret place and, and praying to God. That's, that's awesome. That's point number one. That is where we all begin as believers. But it is also where we find out what we are to pray. It is where we find out who God is to us. That's where I receive my identity. But then it has to send me out from that place. Or else I have no effectiveness. I am only effective from my secret place if I am willing to be sent back out by the Lord. And the Holy Spirit in this context found it good himself to say, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul. Not because of anything, they, not because they've evangelized the most, not because they have prayed the most in front of people. No works, no good deeds, but the Lord found them ministering to him and said, give me these two and I'm sending them out. And in the very next verse, we find that this community, these apostles laying hands on them and releasing them to go and minister to nations. So I want to challenge us this morning that intimacy is not a means unto itself. Intimacy with God is amazing. It is, it is the foundation of, of Christianity that we get to, because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross for us, remember this is all by the power of the cross, right? The blood and the resurrection that we get a, a new, uh, more than Adam. Adam. Adam had an access to God that was walking with him, beside him. We have him inside of us now. And so we have this beautiful connection to the, the Godhead three in one that we have not just the unseen God, we, have, we don't just have the spirit of God, but we have the person of God that lives within us as well, this, this scene. Jesus said that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so we have not just the unseen in the spirit, but we have the visible rep representation of God that lives inside of us. Make sense of that how you want to, but he's in there. If you've said yes to him, you have the fullness of God in you. And Barnabas and Saul understanding this, that, that because of that, it changed their worship. It changed their prayer time. It caused them to fast and not dread. It caused them to find joy in denying themselves a, a part of life and give it to God and say, this is yours. And the Holy Spirit in response says, I want you. You are the people that are gonna change nations. And so I wanna propose to us this morning that that is an invitation for you and you and you and everyone in this room to not just go and hide yourself in the secret place just to hear God and feel good and walk out feeling blessed but to discover who you are in Christ Jesus and leave change so that you can change. We preach that, we've preached it for years that changed people change people. This is how we're changed. 
I love a good worship service or a good worship night, and I love being prayed to by a ministry team, which if you are on the ministry team, you can stand up if you can come up front. That's a great, that's a great segue. Uh, Marsha, Craig, if you want to find a couple more people to come. Kayla, if you want to come and pray as well. Is this okay this morning? If we can, if we can hold off on the music, I, I want to take a little bit of time to, to do one more prayer together. When we stand up together, I, I want to I end with a little bit of ministry time. We're, we're doing great on time right now. How many, how many in the room, I know this was a little bit more heavy. Have, have you received this this morning? You, you feel God speaking to you in his, awesome, good, good, good. Well, I want us to do this again. I know that we, did, we, we led with this, but I, I feel the Lord giving this blueprint that he showed me this morning, almost like a blank check, but it was like a worksheet. How many remember worksheets when you were in school that had the blanks that you had to fill in? That's almost what it felt like without the work. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh God, not more work. But, but, when, he, but when, he, when he handed it to me, I, I, I felt this distinct God responsibility to take my my personal history with God. And, and when I say my personal history, I have lived this message for the past 15 years of my life, that my private time with the Lord, what I do in secret with him is not just for me, it has to be for others as well. And so when he, when he speaks to us, when he, when he does anything with us in private, it not only releases identity to us, which is amazing, but it, it's supposed to equip us to send us out to be able to do the work of the gospel in a greater way. We believe that this morning. So if you, um, let's do it corporately, and I want to invite anyone up that wants prayer to, do, to come and receive more personalized prayer. But if you would hold your hands out in front of you one more time, and I want you to close your eyes. And if you want to pray out loud, you can pray out loud. If you want to pray in tongues, you can do that too. But I want you to ask the Lord to speak again like, like we prayed the first time this morning. And I want you to ask him to show you a blueprint, this, this blank worksheet. Lord, right now, Holy Spirit, come. I ask that you would reveal the hidden things, the secret things for each and every one of us that have experienced you in a unique way that no other man or woman has ever known you like. But the things that you have shown us in secret, I ask right now that the, the, the ones that you would find appropriate, would you reveal to us the ones that are meant for corporate right now? The ones that are meant to release regional breakthrough. The ones that are meant to release uh, breakthrough in marriage. The ones that are meant to release breakthrough in finance. For the ones that, that are meant to release breakthrough in family. Holy Spirit, would you show each and every believer in this room Lord, begin to highlight places of identity that you've instilled. Lord, would you show us the, the increases in authority that you have given in secret? I, I just have a sense right now that there is a, a unique authority that some have been given in here that you have been holding on to. And the Lord is saying right now that this is, it's time for you to be sent so that you can operate in this authority. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray right now that you would, uh, I just, I had a, a picture of, as, as we're returning back home tonight, that the, and this is, this is gonna be a little bit 
uh, adult-centric, but the Lord preparing the, the bedroom for you to return back home to tonight. That, that he's preparing the intimate place for each and every believer in here. That as you return home today and you go into secret and you pray, our Father who art in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done. That it's not just for authority or power, but it's for intimacy. And so Lord, I thank you that you make a, a place for us to encounter you in intimacy. So I ask that you would do that today. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. For more resources and information about Resurgent ATL, please visit our website.